long can you hold your breath before it's time to come up for air? My name is Dawn Kolb. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, Reiki master teacher, meditation coach, and owner of the Zen Room in Gilroy, California. You can also find us online at www.thezenroom.net. And today we're going to be talking about coming up for air. and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Zen Room. So if you are listening to this podcast fairly shortly after me launching it, um, just for a little context, today is May 19th, 2020. Um, You might find yourself really needing to hear this message right now. So uh, how long before you need to come up for air? (laughs) How long can you hold your breath before you need to come up for air? Um, If you are not listening to this podcast on uh, the week of May 17th, 2020, maybe you're hearing this podcast for the first time in 2025. Maybe you just now found me and you're trying to find some context. We are in the middle of a coronavirus um, uh, grand global event. And the reason that I felt very called to do this podcast today is because one of the questions that I'm getting over and over and over again, like, is how much more can we take? So what I am finding is, and we're, we're well into it, we're two months into uh, official lockdown status. Um, in all honesty, I feel like we are coming up for air, at least as a country we're coming up for air based on what state you're living in maybe you're behind the curve maybe you're ahead of the curve but um coming up for air seems to be the phrasing that feels like where we are on this journey so of course in true fashion i wanted to look up this little um question that i had how long can people hold their breath like if somebody was tossed into the deep end and didn't know how to swim How long can someone hold their breath underwater? And when I Googled it, the answer that I got was most people can hold their breath for somewhere between 30 seconds and two minutes. Okay. What I also learned was being underwater enables us to hold our breath for longer. So the more that you practice holding your breath and the better that you get at it, the longer you can hold your breath for. And um, I found this very interesting statistic that in 2012, a German free diver by the name of Tom Sidus, spelled S-I-E-T-A-S, held his breath underwater for 22 minutes and 22 seconds, which is in- incredible to me. Like, I, I, I cannot even imagine that. Um, but I actually watched a couple of videos on this guy. It's pretty remarkable. But he didn't get there overnight. He had to train himself a little bit at a time, right? 30 seconds grew to 40 seconds, 40 seconds grew to 50 seconds, 50 seconds grew to a minute and a half. Next thing you know, you train your lungs. You, you know, you prepare slowly. You grow to be somebody that can hold their breath for 22 minutes. Not That does not happen overnight as far as I am aware. That guy has been training for a long time in order to pull that off. Now, 10 years from now, He might beat his own record. He might make it to 23, 24 minutes underwater. Um, Wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. But for a lot of us, a lot of us, we're going to be able to hold our breath somewhere between 30 seconds and two minutes. That's the majority of people. 
But what's happened here in the midst of this COVID event is that people were tossed, many people were tossed into the deep end, having not trained to hold their water, hold their breath underwater for very long. They were tossed into the deep end and this whole event is lasting longer than a lot of people have prepared for. Now, for some people, holding their breath underwater might mean having enough money and savings to ride this out without flinching. For some people, it might mean um, having enough uh, resources in their cabinets, in their cupboards, in their pantries to be able to ride out this being underwater for long periods of time. But one of the things that I feel pretty certain about um, is why you might feel some people getting so angry on social media or uh, so perturbed or so irritated is because the stress is getting to them. The stress of being underwater without being able to take a breath is putting an enormous amount of pressure on the system, both emotionally and physically. And it's interesting because you can talk to somebody who's trained in in uh, deep diving, uh, what do you call that, the scuba diving, and they will tell you the pressure's the one thing that your body needs to acclimate to over time, especially coming back up, right? So when you've been down underwater for a long period of time, you have to give yourself little stations, little resting stations to let your body acclimate to the pressure um, so also again, in preparation for this podcast, I wanted to Google and I went to webmd.com, Google the symptoms of stress, right? Thinking again, thinking we've been tossed into the deep end and most of us haven't been trained to hold our, our, our breath for 22 minutes, right? We are really struggling to survive. A good majority of people are feeling stress in some way, shape or form. And the emotional symptoms of stress are becoming easily agitated, frustrated, or moody, feeling overwhelmed, like you're losing control, having difficulty relaxing, quieting your mind, feeling bad about yourself, low self-esteem, low energy headaches, upset stomach, aches, pains, insomnia. I mean, you name it, right? Constant worrying, racing thoughts, forgetfulness, disorganization, inability to focus. So one of the things that I decided to do at the very beginning of this, right when the shutdown happened, at least for our state, and I live in California, is I said, okay, so I know that the Zen room is not going to be able to hold gatherings in person, but meditation still needs to happen. Like it is absolutely in my mind imperative because if we don't do things for ourselves to decompress, if we don't do things for ourselves to come up for air, we are going to feel the weight of that and, and that, that buckling under the weight of that and it is not going to be good for us. So one of the first things that I did was I said, we're going to do virtual meditations. Um, I, I was able to get out the note to people all over the country. I had people signing up from all different states. It was actually pretty amazing, um, how well it was received. And I kept it like very, very inexpensive so people could afford it. Um, basically at first it was just enough to pay for the monthly subscription for, um, for the platform that I was using. Okay, so 
the feedback that I got from people, even though they were dialing in virtually and they weren't sure how effective it was going to be, was, oh my God, that was just what I needed. That was just what I needed. Just 45 minutes to an hour for me to come up for air. All of a sudden, the tension has melted away. They're feeling relaxed. All of a sudden, I'm getting texts the next morning from people saying that was the best night's sleep I had since all of this garbage started hitting the fan. Oh my gosh, my headache went away. Oh my gosh, all the racing thoughts are out of my head, which means I can think clearly, which by the way, a lot of people are rearranging their lives right now, meaning maybe they're trying to figure out how they're going to earn a different kind of an income or some people are thinking about moving or some people are thinking about, I don't know, um, Letting loved ones live with them. I mean, live with them. The, the The amount of shifting that's happening right now is incredible when I look around. And doesn't it make sense to make those big shifts with a clear mind? Meaning, not in a place where your thoughts are racing, you're totally unable to focus because the stress is just really impair, um, impairing your cognitive ability. So I started doing those meditations pretty regularly. And then as I felt different parts of the country start to ease up and people were coming up for air, then I pulled back on the meditations a little bit. The one-on-ones have still been very, very busy. Um, But I also encourage people, I've been recording all of those meditations and I say, guys, if you're you're doing this whole meditate at home membership thing, go back and re-listen to some of the recordings of the meditations we've done and the views that I'm getting on those meditations because I host them in a place where I can see how many views they get. People are re-listening to them over and over and over and over again. And that makes me very happy um, because first of all, they're getting their money's worth. (laughs) And second of all, they're getting the help that they need. So my question to all of you, and one of the things that I want to uh, remind everybody of right now is the importance of coming up for air. Maybe for you coming up for air doesn't look like meditation. Maybe for you coming up for air is going on a bike ride. Maybe for you coming up for air is doing something that is very exciting for you. So for me personally, because people remember that, yes, while I do this for a living, I'm still a human being. (laughs) I still need to make sure that I'm coming up for air. One of the things that I did with this time that I had, this, this lockdown time, is I had a, I have a book that was slated to be done and published in June. And I said, look, I'm going to finish that puppy off right now and do the last little finishing touches, get it over to the editor. Um, Artwork, Margaret Robinson, thank you very much for your beautiful artwork for my book cover. That was therapeutic for me. Taking this, this beautiful labor of love that has been in the works for five years and finally finishing it up, putting the final touches on it, and then getting it published so that people actually have a book to read during this shelter in place. For me, that was coming up for air. That was doing something that I thoroughly enjoyed um, and not letting the weight of all of this and the weight that all of my clients feel through all of this become too heavy, right? Um, This is... This is definitely interesting times. I am certain beyond a shadow of a doubt, even though for a lot of people it doesn't feel like this yet, that there's going to be some very necessary shifts and changes that come out of this. 
And um, for some of us, it just feels rotten through and through. And for some of us, we're starting to see the light. And for some of us, we're starting to see how, oh my gosh, okay, so I couldn't have predicted this change um, would be healthy for me and actually desirable for me. But all of a sudden, here I am doing this and it actually feels really good. I think the new normal might have some aspects of this thing that I've incorporated and actually make my new normal better. So what if our new normal become, becomes our better normal? What if we adopt different eating habits through all of this? What if we, you know, whatever, fill in the blanks. For some of you, you're going to listen to this part and go, are you nuts? Uh, I don't want to talk about that. And I get it because right now, some people are coming up for air and some people are very much underwater. So um, I haven't been spending a ton of time on social media during this whole thing because when everybody was underwater, it was sort of a nasty place to be. Um, and I don't blame people um, because if some of the physical symptoms of stress are low energy and headaches and upset stomach and the emotional symptoms of stress are easily agitated, frustrated, and moody and feeling overwhelmed, why would anybody expect anybody to behave anything other than those ways? Um, an analogy that I've used a lot lately is anybody who's ever had a dog um, you've been trained at some point that if your dog falls in a ditch or hurts himself, that you want to be careful when reaching down to pick up the dog or try to help the dog because a dog that's in pain will bite you. So one of the things that, you know, that some people say is a good idea is to take the leash and gently move it around the muzzle before reaching in to help the dog out of the ditch so that the dog who's in pain can't actually bite you. Now, some people might have other, uh, you know, uh, processes they might use in that same situation. But a dog who's in pain, if that dog bites you, you know not to take it personally. You know that it has nothing to do with you. It is in pain. Because an emotionally stressed dog might do something out of character. I think we can all, every single one of us, and there, I don't know that there's one person that's excluded who hasn't been touched by this whole event in one way, shape, or form. Myself included, I have found my inner child getting irritated at times, maybe um, having a little tantrum about something, and I'm like, oh yeah, but I, I, I'm aware, I'm aware, I'm aware. <laughs> and maybe somebody will have that tantrum on a social media, and maybe someone will have that moment in a grocery store, or maybe somebody will just be so frustrated they want to cry. And what I am very clear about is when I see that, either virtually or in person, I do not take it personally because that person is in pain. And even though they might be biting, they're not mad at me. So first of all, that helps me to really just take some of that away. But what I am asking for all of you to listen to and maybe consider is even though the, the world may not have fully come up for air, meaning finding ourselves totally on the other side of this, we can all come up for air individually in our own way. So what does that mean? Do anything you can to come up for air that, and what would define coming up for air is something that brings you joy. Something that maybe allows you to just feel quote unquote normal for a minute or uh, give yourself something to do that you actually 
really enjoy doing. And don't think about all the things that you can't do. Think about all the things that you're able to do. So for some of you, that might be gardening. For some of you, that might be going on a bike ride. For some of you, that might mean meditating. For some of you, that might mean, I don't know what that might mean. Reading a really good book. Um, Come up for air. The other thing that I will say is the people you surround yourself with, whether it is virtually or physically, they matter. If you, ha- are, if you are finding yourself wanting to come up for air and you are hanging around people who have no interest in coming up for air, all they want to do is feel the pressure, uh, perpetuate the pressure, and just be bitter. That might not be the crowd for you. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that crowd because that, that crowd might be perfect for some people who are looking to maybe take their power back. Or, you know, there might be some people that they felt disempowered and so angry is actually, being angry is actually a step in the right direction. So I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but does it work for you? Does it work for you? And that is an individual conversation that you need to have with yourself and say, you know what? There are people who, when they congregate and they get angry and they are um, feeling bitter and very upset, That is actually, it actually feels good for them to do that because like I said, anger at least is a step up from feeling totally powerless. But what I'm offering to you is, do you feel better in their company or worse in their company? Do you, when you get off the phone with somebody and maybe they have just reminded you, you know what though, at the end of this, maybe there will be some new things that we can you know, sprinkle into our lives that will make it better than it was before. And then you hang up that phone call and some of you are going to say, well, that's just irritating. Then don't call that person. And some of you are going to say, God, that's just what I needed. That was just what I needed. I feel better now. Then have more of those types of conversations with more of those types of people. So this isn't a matter of you should never complain versus you should always look on the bright side. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying if it feels good for you to do it, then you have to pay attention to that. But if it makes you feel worse, you have to pay attention to that. So um, your environment matters. Set and setting matters. Uh, My husband and I were watching a documentary uh, just the other day that there's a lot of um, universities that are talking about bringing psychotropic uh, substances back into the practice. Meaning... um, MST I believe was one but there's some there's some psychotropic drugs that um, psychiatry is looking to do a little bit more of a deep dive research on to say is there any validity here and as I was watching this I thought oh well that's fascinating but one of the things that they say is very important in those experiences is set and setting if you are going to introduce this psychotropic drug now again this isn't pro or con it's just me observing an interesting documentary one of the things that the the psychiatrist was saying was it's very important for set and setting to be really um um considered it's one thing to drop uh, a drug at a rave and then all of a sudden you know you've got the lights and the music and some people are having a really great time and some people are having a really horrible time and in that environment set and setting is key In a therapeutic setting, you're not going to do that. In a therapeutic setting, set and setting is going to be very different. It's going to be a safe place. You're going to make sure that somebody is there to hold your hand and guide you through. Set and setting matters. 
there's a reason why, you know, when you go someplace, let's say you go to a barbecue, um, set and setting matters. You're not going to want to have a barbecue joint next to a manure factory because it's not going to be a very good set and setting if what you're trying to do is increase your client's appetite. Where you put things, the setting, setting meaning what you see, what you smell, what you taste, what you feel, what you hear, like all of your senses, the setting matters. How you are experiencing it with all of your, with all of your senses matters. Our environment, in short, our environment matters. But I've got news for you. Our environment matters even if you're not in a uh, university research study testing potentially psychotropic drugs for therapy. Environment matters, period. Um, there's a reason why when you walk into an open house that they are, that it's staged and that there's music playing, that there's, you know, cookies in the oven because environment matters. They want you to walk in and immediately feel what it feels like to have this not just be a house, but a home. Environment matters. That's why marketing dollars are spent on experiences and environments and whatnot. Lots of money. Environment matters. So if we know this to be true out there in the world, have it be true in your own home. Have it, have your own environment that you have prepared for yourself be just as important to you as it is to the folks that are marketing products to you or services to you. So again, what does that mean? Well, maybe allow yourself to come up for air and turn off the news for a minute. At some point, you've got all the information you need. At some point, with the exception of maybe checking in here and there to see, all right, so this is a new piece of legislation that I need to be aware of so that I can open my business. Or, oh, here's a new mandate that's coming down that's going to shift travel restrictions or whatever. Oh, I need to know that for my job. Yes, you, you know, enough information for you to be able to move forward, but at some point it's too much. At some point, you're literally just marinating in it and you are ruining your environment. You are, you are... Well, that's a strong way of saying it. You are definitely influencing your environment. That's for darn sure. You are impacting your environment. And the real question is, only you know if you're ruining your environment. Do you feel better today or worse today? So sometimes saying, all right, well, we're going to turn off the news. We're going to turn on some dance music. And I'm going to do some gardening. And who all of a sudden you feel like you've come up for air. There's a reason why, as much as I enjoy rock and roll music, I don't play rock and roll music as the background noise to my meditations because it's the wrong set and setting. <laughs> it's the wrong way of influencing the environment. I'm trying to get you to calm down. I'm going to play harps and ocean waves. I'm not going to play rock and roll. I love rock and roll. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to play that while I'm making my dinner. It's appropriate. So as we are moving through this really interesting time, and like it or not, believe it or not, I am certain that everybody will emerge out of this on the other side slightly differently. Even if you are um, maybe resisting that idea right now, it's okay, I get it. Um, and maybe the only thing that you're going to walk away from this whole thing is realizing how strong you are. Man, if I can endure this, I can endure anything. And isn't that something to know about yourself? Or maybe some of you might say, you know what, what I've learned is I can work from home. I'm going to work from home a couple days a week, even moving forward. Or what I did learn was 
I'm going to think about government differently, or I'm going to think about my finances differently, or I'm going to all of a sudden have a savings account where there wasn't one before. All of those things are what I'm talking about. You are realizing things. We are all realizing things about ourselves that we didn't know before. So how about if we allow ourselves to come up for air, not just once a week when you're meditating with me, or not just once a week when you listen to one of my old meditations, um, allow yourself to come up for air every day. Turn off the TV, put on some fun music, go outside and do something. Like I said, go plant some flowers or a garden. I'm seeing a lot of cool things on Facebook or um, Twitter about people or Instagram, people's flower gardens or people's vegetable gardens and planting fruit trees and all that. And I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. Or maybe you're just going to start spending your money differently in the future. That's cool too. But come up for air because if you allow yourself to come up for air, change your environment, change your setting, change your way of thinking. For some of you, this might be the hardest thing to do. Meaning, it's very easy, especially when you're marinating in the garbage, to have garbage thoughts. But I got news for you and this isn't going to be shocking. Garbage in, garbage out. So it's like, all right, well, guess what? One of the reasons why I, I don't do a whole ton on social media, I'm not totally off it, but I don't do a whole ton on social media is because I want to keep my head clear. I want to keep my head clear for new ideas. I want to keep my head clear for new trains of thought. I want to keep my head clear for where I might take my business in the future. I want to keep, I want to keep my head clear. And if one of the side effects of stress is racing thoughts, forgetfulness, and inability to focus, I'm not going to be in the headspace to make very good decisions. So again, that is the, that is the request that I am making of all of you is um, come up for air so that you can clear your head and actually make uh, easier decisions. If you're clearer in the head, you'll make your decisions in a very different way. The other thing too is I do not judge anybody for where they are, including myself. Um, if they're having a minute, I get it. We, we're all tossed into the deep end on this one. If they're having a minute, I let them have it. I don't judge them. I don't say, oh my gosh, well that person's now moved from this category to that category. No, they're just having a minute. And we've all had a minute. We've all had our moments. Um, so... Maybe one of the things that we can do as we come up for air is come up with forgiveness too. Uh, because we all could be um, a little bit more, everybody, myself included, a little bit more understanding. While we were all in the same storm, everybody's got a different boat. And help where we can, lend a hand where we can support where we can and that support might be financial support it might be emotional support it might be loving support um because and i know this is a cliche and we've all probably heard it before but mr rogers has been quoted saying in times of tragedy look for the helpers and some some of us are going to need a little help and some of us are going to be in the position to give a little bit of help so just look at this as a time as frustrating as it might be at times Look at this as a time of tremendous evolution. And even if we come out of this slightly tweaked in a slightly better way, okay, then let's focus on that. Because we could focus on the 9 million things that we hate. 
where we could focus on the five things that we love. And those five, focusing on the five things that we love is coming up for air. It is coming up for air. So maybe a little bit more time meditating, a little bit more time um, uh, doing things that we enjoy, make a cognitive decision, as tempting as it might be, to jump into that really painful pressure space um, and just uh, come up for air, take a shower, and do something that is going to help to de-stress. It's, it's important. The other thing I would say is because it's messier than normal, uh, because it's dirtier than normal, um, we might need to do the whole <laughs> meditate, take extra bike rides, more walks than we're used to, right? We might need to take more showers than we're used to. Um, so metaphorically speaking, energetically speaking, if it's a little messier out there than we're used to, we might need to spend a little bit more time decompressing than we would if it was a normal normal life right now. So let the amount of coming up for air be directly proportionate to how muddy you feel because we need to get all of our heads above water. All right. So again, I've got free meditations on YouTube, the Zen Room channel that you can find there. I do have a Meditate at Home membership program that you can not only join the new meditations virtually, but also have access to the whole back catalog of meditations. Again, I've kept it super affordable so that you guys can, you know, get the help that you need. And uh, do something. Like I said, for me, mine was writing the book. Um, getting that out into the world felt really good. Lessons from the Zen Room is the name of the book. Lessons from the Zen Room. For me, that was a huge breath of fresh air. I really felt good about that. So maybe your breath of fresh air is going to be... Um, you know, making that piece of jewelry that you always wanted to make or finally uh, getting that one project that you've been putting off and putting off and actually finishing that. So wherever your breath of fresh air is, take it. And know, know, know this. You are more powerful than you give yourself credit for. You are lovelier than you ha can possibly imagine. And we will all come out of this okay. Um, in one way, shape, or another, um, you can focus on all that's gone wrong and there's no shortage of facts and evidence to support you. But we also need to move forward. Look at this as being a time where we can Help if we have it to give and not feel badly if we ask for help when we're feeling a little underwater, okay? So for all of my friends out there, out there in the world, definitely at different parts of your pool, some are in the deep, deep end, some are in the shallow end, some are coming in, some are going out, just trust and know that you are more powerful than you give yourself credit for, okay? All right, meditate where you can. Like I said, I've got free meditations on my YouTube channel. Um, my Meditate at Home program might be an option for some of you. And uh, take very, very good care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to one another. And uh, we'll see you next time. But for now, come up for air.